Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody, welcome to Southside Online today. So thankful that you would be a part of this day with us as we talk about going from being bothered to burdened. This is kind of the last week we'll talk about this and dive into something getting ready for Easter. Wow, can you believe it? It's, it's uh, We're going into April. I can't believe that it's here already, but what a great time of year. I love the spring and, and all that comes with it. Even the pollen, I love it because it's signifying summer is coming warm weather. We can put some shorts and some flip-flops on. I preach with flip-flops on in the summer just because I like to do that. I like to do it because Jesus did it and it aggravates the religious Pharisees, all right? But nevertheless, so today we're finishing up a series talking about going from bothered to burdened. And, and here's kind of the premise around it, all right? And what it says and signifies. I think there are things when it comes to the church world and people that are within the church, we'll, we'll just say, followers of Christ and people that are a part of the church that seem to be, in a lot of ways, more bothered by the things that they see around them than being burdened for them. And so we as a church, we want to build real followers of Jesus Christ. We want to see people come to be followers of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus Christ is so important. And we want to communicate that. Why? Because we want to make it real easy to go to heaven from where we are right here in Northeast Georgia. And so what does that look like? What does real look like? What does a real follower of Jesus look like and how do I become one? Well, I'm glad you asked. We want you to know God personally. We want you to find biblical community grow deeper in your faith so then you can help us make disciples and fulfill the great commission that Jesus came for us to do or called for us to do, invited us to be a part of. But I want us to be burdened for the things that I believe burden the heart of God. And so this this series, we've talked about being burdened for the lost, for the community, and today for the next generation. Because here's reality, I think a lot of Christians today are more bothered by the lost people in the world. They're more bothered by their community and the things that they don't like. And and a lot of times you'll see this in the church, they are definitely bothered by the next generation more than they are burdened for them. And so today, here's the question. What is the faith of the next generation worth? Well, I would say everything. It's worth everything because the next generation is who we will pass our faith, our beliefs, our passion, our tr- the, the truth of God's word. We'll pass it on to them and they are the ones that'll carry it. And so when we look at that, we've got to think to ourselves and say to self, self, what is the faith of the next generation worth? I'll tell you, it's worth everything. And so for the church today, we have to ask, what are we as adults doing to ensure that faith is real, that their faith is real and growing? One of the things that I love that we're doing here, it was a dream and a desire for us to do for years, and uh, we finally are accomplishing it. We want it. 
I wanted to do this. I wanted to be able to look over our campus and know that we are giving a consistent message all the way across the board. So we started this about four years ago. We started teaching the same thing. We teach the same thing in, in the worship service online at our commerce campus, and we teach it all the way down into preschool. We teach the same thing. Why do we do that? Because we want moms and dads and families, when they get in the car when church is over, to be able to drive down the road and have the same conversation about what they learned on a Sunday. Because of that, we've seen an exponential increase in children and students that are coming to know Christ, not necessarily on our property, but more so in their homes. Moms and dads are having those conversations. Why do we want to do this? Because we want to ensure that their faith is real and growing. But here's what we see with the church a lot of times. The church tries to remove the danger and the risk of following Jesus. We try to make, we want to make it easy, but we also want to make it safe. And following Jesus is not always easy, and it is definitely not always safe, but it is worth it. And so for us to remove the danger and the risk of following Jesus, I don't think that's an adequate representation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it's not easy, it's not always safe, and it involves varying degrees of risk. And so we want to communicate truth. We want to communicate truth with love, but we want to communicate truth in a realistic way to know that, guess what? If you're going to choose to follow Jesus, it's going to cost you something. And so I believe the cost is worth it, and I would invite you to come be a part of that with us, and that's what we see today in the story. See, we've got just enough Jesus to be informed, but not necessarily enough to be transformed. And so today, I want you to know this, halfway, halfway is no way to live. If you want to follow Jesus, you've got to go all in. So today, the question is, are you in or are you out? You can't do the hokey pokey and have one foot in and one foot out. You can't put one arm in and one arm out. You got to get all the way in or all the way out. And so whether you want to do the hokey pokey and turn yourself around, that, my friend, is what it's all about. That's what we should call the sermon. I should have called it the hokey pokey. And uh, that's just exactly the way this is. That's the decision that you have to make. And so today, we've talked about some stories through the book of Acts. Um, Philip, the disciple, sharing Christ with the Ethiopian. We've talked about um, Paul and Ananias and how Ananias heard the voice of God and went back in to share with Paul or Saul at that time what God had put in his heart to do. And today, we see Paul now, not Saul, Paul, the missionary, the evangelist, the church planner, the apostle of Jesus Christ, writing a letter, the second letter, to his protege named Timothy. Now, Timothy is a young pastor. Actually, Timothy at this particular time is somewhere, I mean, we wouldn't consider him young. Uh, We would look at him somewhere in the age of 40 to 50, 
Okay, the first letter that Timothy was written or was given by Paul because Paul was writing to encourage him. He's a young pastor. He's, he's writing him about the, the, the operation of the church, the discipline of the pastor's life and what that should look like. And so that's first Timothy as he writes that to a young pastor. And so he's probably in his early 30s at that point. But now, Timothy is a little bit older, he's a little bit more mature, he's a little more experienced, but Timothy is ready to give up. He's going through a very difficult time in his season of ministry, and Paul, Paul is writing to encourage him and to build him up. Now, what does that have to do with the next generation? Well, we're not speaking here, I mean, he's, he's communicating to a generation below him. And so we can learn truths from that. He's also, we see a lot of truths that we can take away from that from, from people that are older pouring into a younger generation. Here's the truth. If we don't make an investment into the next generation, then the church, I, I, it just this church will cease to have uh, a transformational power in our community. And so if we want to continue to reach the lost, continue to be a difference maker in the community, then we must be burdened for the next generation. Second Timothy, Timothy, chapter number one, this is what we see first. If we are going to be all in, we have to pass on our faith to the next generation. It's not a matter of should we, it's not a matter of maybe, it's a matter of have to. We have to pass on our faith to the next generation. I love 2 Timothy chapter one. I love the entire chapter. I've never preached it this way before, but in looking at it in context or relation to the, 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 to the, to the impact that we have on the next generation, this is what I believe I saw in that. So first, 2 Timothy chapter number one, Paul said, I thank God, verse number Number three, he writes a little introduction and then he gets to verse three and he says, I thank God. Remember, he's writing to Timothy. Timothy, who's in a difficult place, he's in a dark place, he's ready to walk away. He's trying to figure out what matters most. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience as my ancestors did when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. I love the way Paul is writing about the generational faith that he is living out. Paul said, I thank God, I thank God, I'm praising God today with a, whom I serve with a clear conscience. I've got a clear conscience, Timothy. I'm living, I'm, I'm living as, as, as good as I know how to be right with God. It's not based on me, it's based on him, but I'm living with a clear conscience as my ancestors did. So Paul said, I'm carrying on a legacy. I'm living a legacy life and I, I'm doing that with a clear conscience before God when I constantly remember you in my prayers day and night. Look at what he says. Remembering your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. He is communicating his love for this young man, this man now that is communicating, preaching, and leading, and teaching. He is obviously very important to Paul. You're going to see why in just a moment. But he's also doing something that Paul has, has, has prayed for him to do. And so Paul is encouraging him, showing him that his faith is a next generation faith. It's a, it's a generational faith. He's, he's, he's remembering him in his prayers. Timothy, I'm praying for you night and day. He's communicating love to him. And he said, and I'm remembering your tears. 
I'm remembering the time that we parted and I knew that I was sending you off into the mission field and I know that, that, that our hearts are united together and so I'm remembering those tears. And I want you to know I long to see you because your, your, your face would bring me so much joy. Look at what he says. He starts talking about his family, okay? Clearly recalling your sincere faith. Sincere faith. I clearly saw it. I know, Timothy, I know who you are. I know what you believe. I was there in that moment. Remember, remember to go, all, to go Mufasa and Simba. Simba's looking around. Rafiki sent him out to the water. He's, he's away in the, from the pride lands. And all of a sudden, Mufasa appears and he tells him, remember, <laughs> remember. And, 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 you know, Simba goes back. He goes back and he takes over the pride lands. Beautiful story. I'm tearing up already. But nevertheless, clearly recalling your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and then in your mother Eunice. I could have called this first point, don't be talking about my mama. <laughs> you know, Paul is talking now about important people in Timothy's life. Timothy, remember, was Timothy's dad a follower of Christ? Some say no, we don't know. I look at it in the southern part of the world when I think about my mama. Hey, you know, don't be messing around with my dad. You can kind of talk about my dad, but don't be talking about my mama. So, so Paul is hitting on some, some, some relational chords right here of the heart. He said, this faith that lived in your grandmother Lois, in your mother Eunice, and that I'm convinced is in you also. If we're gonna be in on the next generation, we have to be willing to pass on our faith to the next generation. This is, this is, this is what he's saying. We can't be silent about our faith. We cannot be silent about our faith. The next generation must consider the message of salvation because it's their only hope. We, somebody's got to tell them that Jesus is real. See, the noise of culture and the silence of the church has left us insecure and unsure of who we are in Christ. We cannot be silent. We got to make some noise. Got to make some noise, got to be loud, got to be able to invest in the next generation. So I would tell you this, pass on your faith to the next generation. Sit down with your children. Sit down with your grandchildren. Sit down with those that are close to you and tell them your salvation story. Tell them about your faith. Let them know who you are in Christ because one day it's going to come where a guy like me is going to have to preach your funeral and I don't want them to have to make up something about you. I don't want your family to scratch their head and go, maybe they were, maybe they weren't. Hey, the noise of the culture, the silence of the church, it leaves us insecure and unsure of who we are in Christ. Number two, are you in or are you out? We have to pass on our faith to the next generation. We have to keep on feeding the gifts of God in our life. We have to keep on feeding the gifts of God in our life. You are gifted by God. So is every person that wears his name. God has given you gifts. Look at what Paul writes to young Timothy. Therefore, Timothy, I remind you to keep ablaze. Another version, the King James says, to fan into a flame the gift of God that is in you. Paul said, through the laying on of my hands. Mm. Not only do we have to pass on our faith to the next generation, we have to keep on feeding the gifts of God in our life. 
See, we can't be passive about our faith. We can't be passive about the gifts of God that he has put in our life, nor of the ones that we see in the next generation. Paul saw it in young Timothy and he placed his hands on him as a teenager, prayed to get prayed over his life because he saw something. See, passion is a love for life that doesn't settle for status quo. Passion is a strong and barely, and barely controllable emotion, an intense desire for something. Passivity is acceptance of what happens without active response or resistance. It is an unsatiable energy that motivates us to live each day like it's the first day and the last day of your life. It's an infectious enthusiasm that can only come from God. See, we can't be passive about the gifts. We just can't do it. See, the more, the more you get into God, the more of God's spirit gets into you. The more you get into God, the more of God's spirit gets into you, the more passionate we become. So spend time in the word. Man, turn the fuel, fan into flame. Keep on, keep on feeding the gifts of God in your life. We have to. We have, we have to. So true, if you're in or out, we have got to. We have to pass on our faith to the next generation. We have to keep on feeding the gift of God in our life. If you're in or out, you have to decide. We have to turn on the Holy Spirit's working in us. Pass on, keep on, Turn on. We got to turn on the Holy Spirit's working in us. Verse number seven. Paul said, for God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness. God doesn't, doesn't, doesn't give us a spirit of fear, Timothy. No, he gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, sound judgment. So Paul is writing him and he's saying, listen, don't be afraid. You've got to turn on the Holy Spirit's working in your life. Look, there is a spirit of fearfulness at work around Timothy. There is also a spirit of power, love, and sound judgment at work around and in him as well. You have to decide which spirit you're going to listen to. That's a demonic spirit he's speaking about. It's a spirit of fearfulness. And the spirit of power, love, and sound judgment is the spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit of God. So which one is going to win, the spirit of fearfulness or the spirit of God, the one you feed the most? They are going to fight. So which one wins, the one we feed the most? And so Timothy said, Paul said to Timothy, God didn't give you a spirit of fearfulness. If you're listening to that, if you're following that, you're obeying the wrong spirit. So Timothy, turn off the spirit of fearfulness and turn on the spirit of God working in your life. If you're gonna be in, in a relationship with God, if you're gonna be in on, on reaching out and helping the next generation, then we have to, we have to share our faith with the next generation. We have to keep on fanning the flame of God's work in our life. We have to turn on God's Holy Spirit in us. See, we can't let fear keep us from experiencing God. We can't. We can't let fear get in the way and keep us from experiencing God. Whatever you do, don't let the fire go out. 
was one of the things that, that, was, that was commanded to Moses and Aaron and the Israelites in the early days of their journey to the promised land is they're establishing the temple, the tabernacle of meeting, the altar, the holy of holies. One thing they weren't supposed to do was let the fire go out. Whatever you do, don't let the fire go out. I think in a lot of our churches today and in a lot of our homes and a lot of our own lives, we're simply guilty of letting the fire go out. Don't let the fire go out. Turn on the spirit of God and his work in your life. Are you in or are you out? Because if you're in, we have to get on board. We have to pass on, keep on, turn on, and get on. Get on board with the message of the gospel. This is a message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at what Paul's saying. Paul's telling him. He said, look, this, this is what we're going to do. And I'm inviting you to be a part of it with me. He said, so don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. So you may not know this about this letter. This is Paul's letter written to Timothy and Paul's writing it from a prison in Rome. It's also the final letter that he wrote because not long after this, he was beheaded for the cause of Christ. Paul said, Timothy, don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. You gotta choose. You gonna get on board or get off? Get on or get off, man. This is your spot. This is your place. You can get on board or you can get off, but it's your decision. He said, if you choose to get on, then don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, I love this. He said, instead, I love the other version. It says, come join with me. Here it says, share. Come join with me in the ease of living a life for Jesus. No. Come join with me in suffering for the gospel and rely on the power of God in your life. He said, Timothy, you got to choose whether or not you're going to get on board. You're going to get on board, you're going to stay on board with the message of the gospel that Jesus Christ came to this earth to save sinners just like you and me. Get on board with the message of the gospel that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that if you would believe in him, you wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. Get on board with the gospel and this. It's not that he loved, it's not that we loved him, it's that he loved us and he sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sin. Get on board with the message of the gospel. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might be made right with God. Get on board with the gospel. Paul said, he has saved us and called us with a holy calling. It's not according to our works, Timothy, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the time began. This has now been made evident through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The gospel, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. See, you and I cannot be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot do it. When you follow in the footsteps of Jesus, his passion will refine you and define you. 
when you follow in the footsteps of Jesus, when you get on board with the message of the gospel, his passion will refine you and define you. Are you in or out? Because if you're gonna be in, you've got to pass on your faith to the next generation. You've got to keep on fanning the flame of God in your life. You gotta turn on the Holy Spirit and you have to get on board with the message of the gospel. And finally, you have to hold on to the sound teaching of God's word. Pass on. Mm. Keep on. Yep. Turn on. Oh, yeah. I've got to get on board with the message. And finally, I cannot abandon the word of truth. I have to hold on to the sound teaching of God's word. Paul said, for this gospel, I was appointed a herald, an apostle, a teacher. And that is why I suffer these things, but I am not ashamed because I know, I know the one I have believed in and I am persuaded that he is able to guard what he has entrusted to me until that day, until the day that he calls me home. He says, hold on. Hold on to the pattern of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who lives in us that good thing that was entrusted to you. What is Paul saying? Paul said we can't abandon the truth of God's word. Here's reality. If you want to establish God's reputation in the world, you've got to be willing to risk yours. Why? Sadly, we settle for something far less than what God originally intended. And when it comes to a series like this and being burdened or bothered by the loss of the community and the next generation, in more cases than not, we write people off, but Jesus writes people in. God's still writing names down in the book of life. Two questions, has he written your name down? And the second question is, are you telling other people about him, especially those in your circle of influence and in your house and your family, so that they don't miss out on the greatest invitation ever given, the gift of eternal life? If you don't know Christ today as your Savior, would you pray with me? Would you call on the name of Jesus, confess his name, ask him to forgive you of your sin and come and live in your life? Would you do that with me? If you want to do that, pray those words with me right now. Say, Father God, I believe in you. And I believe you love me so much that you sent your son to be my savior. Say to Jesus, Jesus, I believe in you and I'm asking you to forgive me for my sin by your grace. Restore me to you. Say to him, Jesus, be the savior and Lord of my life because I am ready. I am ready to follow you and I say yes to you today. Listen, that prayer is on this screen. Screenshot it. Take a picture of it. Show it to your people. Send it to them and help them to know Christ. How do I pray with them? How do I do it? Communicate your faith. Tell them why you're a follower of Jesus. Take, go to our, go to our apps, go to the app store. Find the, 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 the app uh, channel for Southside Church and download it. In there are weekend services. In there are sermon notes. You can find the sermon notes here. Do those things. Keep on. You got to do it. You got to keep on sharing your faith. We got to do it. We got to pass on. We got to turn on. We got to we, we gotta do these things in our life. We've got to guard what is entrusted to us so that we can hold on to the truth of God's word. Are you in or are you out? You make the decision. 
because we want you to be in in what God's calling us to do as a church. Thank you for joining us. I hope to see you next week as we talk through a new series called Because He Lives. Have a great week. If you made that decision today to say, yes, I do want to choose Jesus. I do want to acknowledge him as my personal Lord and Savior. Congratulations. We could not be more excited for you. And we want to help you in that process and answer any questions that you might have and provide you resources. To do that, simply text Jesus, that's J-E-S-U-S, to 706-449-0870. And one of our pastors on staff will be in touch with you because we want to help you as you walk out your faith. If you thought, you know what, I would like to contribute to all that God is doing in and through Southside. I would like to partner with them. You can do that in three simple ways. First, you can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 706-449-0870. Secondly, you can do it on the Southside app in the GIVE tab. Lastly, Southside.online. You can do it through the GIVE section on our website. Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we hope you have a great rest of your week.